0: You're listening to Acaville, streaming Acapella music twenty-four hours a day, and online at Acaville.com, putting the Ah into Acapella. at the top of the hour this hour, tips on starting a girl group. Over at the lesbian-focused site Autostraddle, Elena has written a helpful post with 10 steps to starting your own all-girl acapella group. From recruitment, to leadership, to defining look and theme, to rep, the post runs the gamut of the process in a cogent, well-written piece. In addition to supporting the continued growth of new groups and diversity, by outlining the sequence leading up to a group's first performance, Elena has consolidated the information into a manageable list. Although written from the perspective of starting an all-female group, the advice in the article is appropriate for all. Check it out over at autostraddle.com. And welcome to Talkapella. This is your host, John Lampus, on Occaville's weekly talk show. This is episode seven, and today I am joined by a very close friend of mine and acapella aficionado, Duncan Toomey. Hi. Hi. Hi, Duncan. So Duncan uh, has been a huge influence on my acapella views and acapella life, and I think it's super fun that we finally get to have him on the show. He was His song, Dark Place, was featured heavily in episode two with Daniel Wolfert. And now, Duncan, why don't you just tell everyone and the listeners at home a little bit about yourself before we dive into this week's topic, arranging.
1: All right. Well, I just graduated from St. Olaf College, so I've been in Minnesota for the past four years, and now I'm uh, fresh out of that. Uh, While I was there, I... So fresh. (laughs) While I was there, I was part of an acapella quartet that we started our freshman year. Prior to that, I was in an acapella group in high school, uh, and that's when I began arranging, and it's been a part of my life ever since since high school.
0: So, Duncan and I had very similar groups, mainly because I pretty much based mine completely off his, um, his started a year earlier. So, uh, Duncan, could you tell us a little bit about your group?
1: Right. Um, Our group, Crossman, was four, uh, well, myself and three other uh, guys from St. Olaf, we were all living in the same hallway freshman year, and uh, through one way or another, we had sort of known each other prior to coming to St. Olaf. I had known one member from Organ Bach Festival, which we'd been involved with, and he had known another member from Organ Bach Festival in a year that I wasn't there, and that member had known another member from Illinois Allstate, and so we, when we got there, we just sort of connected and came mm-hmm. together. Uh, when the group originally started, it actually wasn't a quartet, yeah, and it wasn't called Crossman. We had a, a 10-person acapella group called Harmonic Miners, because puns. Yep. Um, and that group uh, quickly fizzled out um, with just people not showing up or not uh, being dedicated. Yep. Um, and so that we, we dissolved that group, uh, but the four of us were still really interested in acapella, and we just kind of came together, and I wrote up an arrangement of uh, Butterfly by Riotone, and we sang through it one time, and uh, a friend of ours recorded it, and uh, we ended up putting it up on YouTube, uh, which then other people found, and word got out, and so we decided to go official and yeah. and start uh, rehearsing regularly and recording and performing together.
0: Absolutely, and I believe you guys started in... Uh, or I put up that
1: video I want to say January 2013 is that right uh, yes January of 2013 is when we put that up we actually recorded it the December before yeah um, and it was up on YouTube privately so we could just show it to our friends yeah. and stuff yeah and then someone told us you should make this public and yeah. our then manager at the time made it public and um, boom There you go. I remember because we started exactly, just about exactly
0: a year. Technically, Timberman started in six months, six or seven months after that in the fall, but we didn't actually get going until uh, that January, the year after you guys posted. So uh, Crossman was a huge influence on Timberman. And what that kind of comes into is that Duncan and I had the unique position of, you know, Duncan was the one who first, I was like, hey, you want to arrange something? He's like, how about we do it together? So you actually put in some work and i was like that's a that's a good idea (laughs) because i should learn how to do this um and the first song and what was really unique about that is that we had we both had two groups that were composed comprised of four tenor bass voices each so we both had very similar goals musically and how we wanted our groups to sound and how we wanted our arrangements to sound and how they would show off our group, so we decided to arrange a tune which I think we're gonna actually listen to right now and then we're gonna kind of deconstruct it for you guys and show you how we came up with it. It's the first arrangement we've ever done together. This is called Light a Roman Candle, it is originally by Fun from their album Aim and Ignite, and this is the Sanoff Crossman with Mr. Duncan Toomey on the solo singing Light a Roman Candle with Me.
2: One, two, three. Bam, 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 bam. Light a Roman candle with me Just a Roman candle. You can wear your sandals in Out, or you just want cup of tea. Va-da seem my best, so just spend an evening with me. Just a lazy evening, then you could be leaving or we could stay and talk until three. Whoa, I will think it's magic and I hope you'll agree, so light a Roman candle with me. Just a Roman candle, just a perfect apple handle. oh. Ah, a perfect apple if we were honest and both wrote a sonnet together a sandwich everything on it at least we would know that the sparks didn't glow but we owe it to ourselves to try so we aim and ignite Just a perfect
0: apple. Oh. So that was the St. Olaf Crossman singing Light a Roman Candle with Me, arranged by both myself and Duncan. And we're going to tell you kind of how we came to it. So, um, how I viewed arranging before I met up with Duncan was. More of like a dictation exercise. I remember trying to arrange, if you can even call it that, Big Yellow Taxi by, originally by Joni Mitchell, by The Counting Crows, and I was just trying to get every single note that was played by the bass and the voices and the chords, and I slow soon realized when working with Duncan that is not how you do it, and it's much more especially when you have fewer voices like we do in this, um, about synthesizing and combining and um, adapting rather than just straight lifting. So I think we can delve into this one a little bit because I think it shows a lot of fun little quirks and the principles that Duncan taught me and that he's used, and then we'll get on later into how his process has evolved over the years. So Duncan, why don't you take us
1: away? Okay. Where? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just start at the beginning. Yeah. So, um... Um, well, we know it starts uh, with just that kind of simple la 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 bit that, that yeah. we heard. That
2: la, 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 la.
1: if you listen to the original song by Fun, those are the the chords that the piano's yep. playing. It's just simple it's... open four four da
0: da da da.
1: Yeah, and so in that sense, it is kind of. Mimicry.
0: Yes, that is like the one part where it was like, okay, this is pretty much we're just straight doing what is being done by the piano right now. But we made the decision, okay, we're going to have it do la, because that's for kind of a more legato feel. And even when Timberman did we almost did la sometimes just to really make it really just kind of meld together, which is definitely the vibe you get when listening to fun do it. And then we made the choice after you do the um, what was it eight measures. Once the mm-hmm. soloist comes in um, on the actual words on "Light a Roman Candle," switch to lute do.
2: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Which I thought, which was your idea, I remember, and I yes. thought that was a very smart way to change the texture and create a new mood but not add too much
1: because there's only three voices in the background
0: you can't do too much or you're going to give away all the surprises at the beginning yeah
1: and that's what i love so much about working with the voice is that it there's you have that option yeah essentially uh whereas with the piano your option would be a a dampening pedal yeah or, or something like that yeah um but the the choice to go to Lou, the uh, the vowel change vowels are extremely important to, yeah. in, in the arranging process yeah. and so that that transition really helps to highlight the entrance of the solo yeah and it's not just
0: texture it's also um, like energy because we didn't just go from la 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 we went and we didn't go from la 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 to loo do loo do we went la 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 loo do loo do loo do to just give it a, a bit of a pop and I think it really enlivens it when you first hear it again it's you know how i don't know if this is ever was your intention nugget but looking at your arrangements and also other arrangements i've seen that i really jive with is when the beginning starts really small and whether it's just like unison it's just the soloist or just ooze or hums or whatever by comparison when it gets much bigger near the end it makes it way more by um yeah, by comparison, it feels way more energetic and much bigger because you've said, okay, here's our baseline. Here's zero when you first start. And by making it, keeping it small at the beginning and then waiting to get big till the end or just slowly adding to it, we get a big sense of... Um, what is this? Growth? Yes, that's the word. <laughs> and But but it's so easy when you have these few voices to just start giving things away. But what we didn't do and what you didn't do, and I think what you stopped me from doing, was we had the la-la's and then we moved to the loot-do's but we didn't add anything. We just changed the vowels. The voices are still literally doing the same notes that they did at the beginning, but we're
1: holding back—not holding back in terms of De- delaying elaboration. Basically, that's exactly it. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's it's been really helpful for me to to start small mm-hmm. when I arrange, um, and basically what you said, saying here's here's our baseline. This is not actually our baseline, but like
0: right, right. Our Based zero. E. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> um. though generally I start with a bass line anyway because it's no yeah that is no that is with, a really with, good way to start yeses, a piece but, yeah. <laughs> um, but having that that jumping off point mm-hmm. uh, and once you hear that especially something that's you know as recognizable as those simple chord changes mm-hmm. once you start to play with it it really becomes evident and yeah when you have this smaller number of voices it's a lot easier easier to do, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. yeah. uh, every single change that you make uh, will change the quality of a chord, uh, yeah. will change the way that it's received, and yeah. so and really, that's, yeah minor shifts. Can,
0: yeah, very minuscule ones that, because you have smaller voices, people are going to hear them, because there's literally less voices, and they don't get lost as easily, whereas I feel like if you try to do that with a much bigger group the subtler changes can maybe not come across as clearly and that kind of leads into possibly my favorite part of this um, whole arrangement is when we did the polyrhythm at measure 17 um, right And that's, uh, you guys who aren't looking at the music right now, uh, because we can't show you because it's at the top of page three. It's at the top of page three, measure 17 on just spend an evening with me.
2: Just spend an evening with me.
0: As I recall what happened, you were like, well, the bass should do 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 do, va do. do." We were trying to, no, we were trying to decide between two of the rhythms, either do 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 do, or do do va do. And then I was like, let's just do them both. Let's do both. And... I mean, that was really just a shot in the dark for me. I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea what that would sound like. But what came across was we got this really cool polyrhythm. I don't even think I knew what that word was at the time. (laughs) That creates a really interesting, not thick, but... uh, Enlivened. Yeah, enlivened and um, exciting texture while still doing we're still doing the exact same notes and
1: we just change the rhythms a tiny bit and we get this yeah. what, what it really is it's a rhythmic retrograde yeah. that we impose over the bass line yeah and so with the bass doing uh doing the standard what you'd expect mm-hmm. uh flipping that in the middle two voices mm-hmm. which are generally yep. the voices that are heard the least yeah uh it just kind of it wakes people up to yeah. the to the song and that's so important in a cappella arranging is how do we how do we keep people yeah cuz we could have just
0: like if we really wanted to we could have just had them doing like from the beginning to right here la 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 with the same notes we could have just done that the whole time and it would have been boring as like can be mm-hmm. but changing going la to loo and then loo to the do du 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 polyrhythms and just makes it more interesting because the audience can hear all the tiny things that are happening. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, another thing about that is, and this is sort of the analogy that I like to draw: as listening to a piece of music is like like drawing a picture, really. Hmm. Um, in that we start with uh, with very basic shapes, mm-hmm. um, and then the more the deeper you get into it, uh, the more lines you add, the more yeah. you can. Not complicate, but uh, enrich yeah. the the image, the the oral image that you're yeah
0: encountering. And, and I think that goes really into the next point. And this is um, what I, if I had like a ten commandments or whatever of Duncan arranging, it would be basically <laughs> like the first one to be don't be afraid to change the chords because with how and this was discussed in episode one. How I see acapella, it's a great opportunity for us to take great songs that maybe were written for radio or for whatever they were written for and take them to the next musical level that might have been too like, scary or whatever, rhythmically intense, jazzy, whatever, too out there or too new or too different for radio and public consumption, which I don't agree with at all. Um, <laughs> God, no. But And we take it to that next level. And what you did here, Duncan, is you added in a crazy awesome chord here. What is that? I'm, I don't want to analyze it. here. <laughs>
1: Uh, I see a tritone. If I recall correctly, we just put in a secondary dominant.
2: I will think it's magic and I hope you'll agree, so light Roman candle with me.
1: We, and there's none of that in the original, at no. least right there. It's very... Um, it's yeah, at that spot in the original, and we can listen to this to compare if yeah. you like, uh, but at that spot in the original, it's a continuation of the previous texture as... It has been throughout the majority of the piece. Yeah.
2: I think it's magic and I hope you agree so a Roman candle with me.
1: What they did was they added additional instruments mm-hmm. um, to, to wake things up. Yeah. But we only had the four voices, so we changed the instruments that we yeah. had. And that kind of ties
0: into a little bit of episode two what Daniel and I talked about in regards to recognizing the tools that vocalists have. And, re- and you know... I think it's really stereotypical for us to not want to recognize that we can't sound like, you know, Muse or whatever when they've got basses and hardcore drums, so we make the most of it with what else, what we choose to change the chords, and I think that is just a really good substitution, and it's, one, it's actually enlivening the texture, but it's also differentiating us
1: from the original. Absolutely. Oh, it's so good. The way that I view it is that the voice really, although there are things that it cannot do, In terms of the things that it can do without electronic enhancement, the voice is the infinite instrument. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so having those changes, just minor things like consonant, vowel, what, uh, what do we want to use to yeah. present this? So at this spot where we throw in the, the secondary dominant.
0: Which is, I uh, uh, hope you'll agree so, light a and candle with
1: me. Yeah. Um, and we'd the, và-du-va, và-du-va. yeah. and then we do that va va. Yeah, and the switch there to the to the fricative consonant was mm-hmm. really Yeah. Really important for that transition. because um, prior to that we'd been doing the the glided L yeah. um, and we'd been doing the yeah. the plosive D. But uh mm-hmm. when we got to that point I really wanted it to be clear change Something yeah. that something that stood out. Yeah. And, and it's a rhythm that is Not in the original
0: either, I think. I don't think we hear... At least that's... I mean, I'm sure we hear it at some points, like, in the background. But isolated like that, and all three voices are doing that. I think it really...
1: To throw in that syncopation, it's Mm -hmm. to... That really wakes people up again. Absolutely. It's it's always, what what can we do to make it... Not necessarily, like, hunting for difference, but Mm -hmm. what can we do to make it interesting all the time? And then... This next thing that follows it, which
0: I think is a perfect example of what you can do when you have very few voices, um, we just, you know, the soloist goes, so Solo lie a Roman candle with me. Then I was like, what if we just gave the other two voices each part of the line?
2: Just a Roman candle, just a perfect apple handle, Dude.
0: And it's just a very, if you're just listening to recording, you might not even notice it. You probably do. It depends on, you know, um, blend and what your vocalists sound like, but it's just Something that again a tiny change that you can do is when you have four voices because you got the soloist and then just give each of the background parts their own little line and it's just a fun little way to change it up
1: yeah and in fact, this is a move that I've pulled in uh, in arrangements for larger groups too oh yeah, oh um, okay it for some reason in larger groups, I never like to have one person have the melody the entire time mm-hmm.
0: yeah well it can get boring.
1: Yeah, um, and so if you uh, have that, that sort of change, mm-hmm. not only does it give other people the opportunity mm-hmm. to step up and, mm-hmm. and strut their stuff, but it also keeps the soloist responsible for being a part of the
0: group. That's a really good point. Yeah, because here, um, when we do do it at the, at the part where the voices switch around, the soloist sings a, a quote-unquote background part. Yeah. It's, he switches to that yeah. and it it just goes to a hum on T-do. And, yeah. Uh, and I think that it's so easy to basically like have the group be the group and the soloist be the soloist. Right. And if you don't reintroduce them to the texture enough or reintroduce them to the sound, you can get kind of varying tones or different, almost even different styles. Yeah. And you want to unify that and by bringing the soloist back in, even for just like a, well, they do it there and then they also sing, um, When we have the bridge, it's it just keeps them part of the groove. Yeah,
1: and another thing that I like to do to to make sure that the group remains a group and not Mm -hmm. a soloist with background parts Mm -hmm. is to include those those middle voices, especially in Mm -hmm. the in the in the solo. Yeah, Uh, throwing on a harmony that say didn't exist before. Yeah, or uh, going into a a full three part uh, split. Yeah, because that. It doesn't bring the soloist out of the texture. It but just brings the others forward. Yeah, it, it brings us all together musically with the bass doing the <laughs> bass thing. <laughs> the, bass is, the bass is actually not part of this. Stay stay over there. Well, watch. it makes the bass actually stand out. That's a good point.
0: Yes, because the bass is now the only quote-unquote background part. The bass is now the ensemble, where mm-hmm. the other two, they're all the soloists. Yeah, it's
1: it's a foundation. Yeah. And the first group I saw do that uh, was Rockapella. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which tune? Um well, let's see. I saw them live in concerts. Okay. They did it on many of the gotcha. songs that they gotcha. did. But, uh, but yeah, that was. I remember thinking at the time that that was something really interesting that I'd love to play with music. Yeah, uh, for sure. So continuing on, we have uh, right after the bridge
0: we is when the piece, the original piece, really takes off. And let's just listen to that for a sec. Light a candle with me so we had to think of a way to do that in this and uh, basically I think this is where kind of we kind of decide to start okay what's the most important what are the most important parts that we are hearing right now not every little single harmonic or melodic thing that's happening but the most important things that are that comprise the song in the original that make the groove and make the song what it is and we have the ja, 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 with the guitar
2: Ooh, light candle with the guitar just a roman candle just a perfect apple
0: and we just have you know two voices on that and then we have the strings doing the who um, i think we just took the most important parts and threw them in there and and it worked
1: <laughs> yeah essentially we boiled it down to what stands components out, what yeah. stands out most to the ear and mm-hmm. how can we how can we make that vocal yeah
0: and I think, it, mm-hmm. I think it worked really well, and I think it's so easy to overthink that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, let's get every single little thing here. I know I've done that. And there are pieces where, especially when you have more voices, well, let's see how much
1: we can pull from this or create or whatever. But this, I think it's, mm-hmm. we did what we needed to, and I think it works. Yeah, and what I especially love about that is then we have all of these textures that start to overlap one another. Yeah, yeah. And then it separates, we go into... Uh, homophonic parts like on the words aim and ignite. Which is besides
0: being a big part of the song that's the album title too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, again we have don't think of tomorrow tonight we have that echo "Tomorrow tonight. Yep.
2: the and the outs and don't think of tomorrow tonight oh
1: and just letting those complications become something that just hits you yeah so we go from that that dense because right before texture,
0: tomorrow yeah. tonight we have like the tenor going la la, la 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 which is completely different from anything else and then the bass is doing ba, da, ba,
1: and then the baritone's also doing that but just slightly off of it yeah so yeah. so we have that that conversation in the yes yeah. and then it cuts and we have that homophonic breakout that yep. uh, and it works so well, and the chords mm-hmm. work really well too. And so we get we get that build up, and then then we bring it back down again at yeah, the at that little interlude that happens. Yeah. It's
2: all alive.
1: Yeah. Really fun, little chromatic. Thing. <laughs> and then, but what it really comes to is this uh, this point that the original song actually didn't make as much of a big deal about. Yeah, let's hear that really quick.
2: You
3: look for a legend, I'm looking for comic ground. Your heart isn't breaking, mine is in making a sound uh-huh.
0: Yeah, and it's fine, but I think the it's a, it kind of speaks to the whole piece, not it's just very it's more laid back. And we decided, like, let's see this through and see how, where we can take it in terms of energy and um, climax.
2: You look for a legend I'm looking for common ground Your heart isn't breaking And a is was making a song.
0: And I thought, I mean, what, what chord is that? That's uh da, da. Oh, wow, that's a... Is that Do, Re, Mi, and So?
1: Is yeah. That, yeah, that's... Uh, so it's really just just an added ninth. Yeah. Or you can call it a ninth if you wanted to. Yeah, even though it's a second, <laughs> whatever. Um, a lot of ledger lines here. Um, oh, God. So many ledger lines. <laughs> and different clefts and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, that that point to me, lyrically, is the centerpiece of the song. Yeah. Uh, your heart isn't breaking and mine isn't making a sound. Yeah, because that's... That, like Just in the lyrics, that's the most important part. I think yeah.
0: if you would just read this piece as like a poem that's like the really sad but also really like ooh, that's the highlight the not resolution but the end result
1: yeah it's sad to me that point uh actually is a really uh uplifting message really Uh, yeah it's the, the the point in that song is uh it's saying you know that we're complicated people but in this moment right here and now there's nothing going on let's try this really because for me what i interpreted as and this is getting more into
0: poetic interpretation but it's it influenced how we approached the arranging part your heart isn't breaking i interpreted that as we're leaving soon and you're not sad about it and mine isn't making a sound and i'm just like you you're okay you're just you're fine and mine is mine's not breaking mine's just like dead But mine isn't making a sound. I'm defeated. I'm sad. Mm -hmm. Um, And either way you look at it, they're both big emotional moments. I was seeing
1: that as sort of a silence right before you jump.
3: Mm. And,
1: you know.
0: We should
3: get fun on here and ask them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's up for interpretation. However, they wanted to send that message is. But either way,
0: they in the original, it's definitely a much more mellow kind mm-hmm. of chill the, moment.
1: Yeah, the the texture remains more or less the same. Yeah, uh, it's
0: not a big climactic musical moment by yeah. any means in the original.
1: And what we do here with uh, with Crossman's uh, performance of it, and mm-hmm. with what you guys did in Timberman as well, it's the same arrangement. Um, <laughs> we uh, we took everything, including the bass up out of the yeah. typical register. Again, texture change. Mm-hmm. Cause it would have been so easy to just have the bass doing something
0: down there and yeah. quote unquote ground it. But this puts everyone in a different register yeah. and it's scary and it's
1: fun. Yeah. And what my thought doing that is we, we like to have moments like that in a lot of pieces of Crossman because we all had pretty strong falsettos. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think in this chord, mine's probably the weakest. Uh, but, uh, just the the way that my voice sounded on that day we were recording but anyway God, God you suck yeah I know I'm the worst uh, but that that moment when we have those moments that that bring it up out of the register that we're used to hearing mm-hmm. it's I like to have these wake-up call moments yeah in the song and this is by far the biggest uh, not only does it go up out of the register but it's also all sustained ah yeah there's no more. Consonant. There's no more rhythmic interplay. Well, it's very
0: bare, and but mm -hmm. it bare in the sense of tech texture. But it's super powerful in the sense of just like we're letting it all go here. Yeah, it's
1: we take a second to get away from texture and dig into harmony. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, And so we had lots of chords that bite right here, and that's and then they resolve to the four at right before it, right before it goes back to that uh, that cut time. Yeah. And that's, yeah, in, in many ways, that's the climax of the piece. Yeah. Uh, and then we bring and...
0: it back down. And I think uh, coming out of that, again, it could have just been really easy to just do like, ooh, oh, whatever, just kind of ride it out and mm-hmm. not add more. But then um, I remember this was your idea at the...
2: Just
0: And your idea was let's just cut everything except for that and make it a whistle.
2: Oh. It goes on it cuts all night, a Roman candle with me. Just a-
0: Boom! Taking it's it's again just using all the like vocal tools yeah. that are available to you, and you guys had a really good whistler because that moment really, if you listen, it kind of stands out in the original not too much, but it's just kind of mellow and it's in the background and it's nice and it ends. It's a really nice end to the piece because um, it just comes down back mm-hmm. to dough, um, and it's the last little melodic little like. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Before the end. And then, Duncan, tell
1: us how you ended this ar- in this arrangement, which I love. Well, uh, we ended with just another chord that had an inserted uh, second.
2: Just a perfect apple. Oh.
1: I never like to uh, end on just open chords. Nope. They're uh, just too boring. It's, they're, it's, it's just too complete. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I think... There's a
0: sense with this song that in regards to like the poetry and the characters that maybe it's not completely over between them or there's something more. This isn't just like there might be a continuation, but and not resolving it and having the second. Mm -hmm. Um, I got the sense that maybe there was more to the story or that there was more to come. Not that there's like a
1: sequel to the song or whatever, but it just felt like we're not going to music as in life is an ongoing tale. Yeah. And it has, you know, its chapters. Yeah. Each each song is a chapter or a snapshot, yeah. however you want to view it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this point that is, I suppose, you could call it the end of the song. Yeah, uh, is really a point of saying there's more. Yeah, but it's off the page. Yeah. Ooh, I like that.
0: Hey, fun. You should listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) Give us money or something. (laughs) Sweet. So that was our breakdown of the first arrangement Duncan and I did together. It's one of my favorite things to sing ever. Um, We're going to take a quick little break here, and we'll be right back here on episode seven of Tacapella featuring Arranging. You're listening to Acaville, streaming acapella music 24 hours a day online at Acaville.com. Acaville, we dare you to find any instruments in these
3: tracks.
1: And welcome back to Tacapella with your host, John Lampus, and guest, Duncan Toomey. <laughs> Good radio voice, dude. Uh, all
0: right, continuing, arranging. We're going to listen to a tune right now. Uh, Duncan, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? This is one
1: Duncan did. I was not involved. And Duncan, why don't you tell us about this tune? Um, sure. This was a, uh, a tune originally by Collective Soul mm-hmm. that I arranged in high school for the group that I was in at the time, Cloud Nine. I really view this piece this arrangement as the first one where i stopped going from simply recreating a tune Mm -hmm. to uh adding my own parts to it yeah Uh, adding your spin yeah and uh that was it was the same album that dark place came out on it's one that you talked about in a Mm -hmm. previous episode Mm -hmm. and so this piece it was the first time that i tried splicing two pieces together yeah you hear that in the Uh, in the bridge, Mm -hmm. uh, which I replaced. There was a guitar solo, but Mm -hmm. uh, I knew from the get-go I didn't want to just try and do the guitar solo. Because one, it's way too high, and two, it just sounds tacky. But you can hear in the arrangement there's a a fair amount of what would be recreating the original sounds. Mm But then, especially when you hear the uh, the pre-chorus and the chorus, yeah. it it leaves that texture and starts saying, mm-hmm. "This is the voice, and yeah. this is what we're working with." Yeah. So let's
0: have a listen. Let's listen. Here we go with "When the Water Falls."
2: She's a picture-perfect child of innocence Searching out in childlike ways for knowledge now she's questioning her mother Now she's questioning her father Yeah, she's looking for the answers To the problem that confronts her Do you know what the soul goes When the water falls When the water falls Do you know what when the water falls. when the water falls fall? Do Badu 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 Badayada Though I think a subjects could far in the line Badu 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 But She has sent her on the top of the sky Yeah, she's questioning her mother. Yeah, she's questioning her father. Yeah, she's looking for the answers to the problem that confronts her. But I do. Do you know, you know what sun goes? when the water falls? When the water falls, do you know you what know? rains? In the water, do you know what sun goes? Do you know what rain? Do you know what sun goes? Do you know what rain? Don't go, go chase. chasing water waterfalls Please stick to the rivers, rivers and lakes that you're used to I know that you're have gonna have your, your way or nothing Not at, at all. all But I think you're, you're moving, moving too fast. fast So tell me, do you no. know Do you, you know, 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 you know what the sun
0: So that was When the waterfalls arranged here by Duncan originally by Collective Soul Duncan
1: talk to us about it okay well um, you can hear the way that it starts uh, it's like ba do
2: ba do ba do
1: you have that that vertical interplay which is yeah. something that's been a part of my arrangements since mm-hmm. uh, since I started adapting yeah. the existing works mm-hmm. and so that's what I was used to is having one or two voices mm-hmm. uh, recreating the six strings of the guitar yeah yeah. And then uh, what really made this piece change mm-hmm. uh, the way that I arranged mm-hmm. was when we got to the, the pre-chorus, when we started having that.
2: Ooh, oh, 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 yeah. Um,
1: because in the song, the texture is more or less the same uh-huh. uh, with... Uh, Guitar being picked, yeah. Because instrumental tracks can get away with having
0: the same texture over and over, right? But We can't, <laughs> or else it will. We can, and it's just boring as
1: can be, right? Um, and so that was the that was the point where I thought to myself, things things are getting stale, mm-hmm. uh, which is what I was okay with in my previous arrangements because I wasn't yet uh, considering any more than the source mm-hmm. material, yeah. Uh, and then in uh, in the chorus, that's where li- really where I had that first instance of uh, echo and interplay mm-hmm. in the background parts in relation to the solo, which yeah. we hear coming back in uh, "Light a Roman Candle" with mm-hmm. me, um, what, where we have that "Do, you know, you know, it's on." Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that sort of thing. So having that experience, I suppose, playing with it. Uh, and, and trying some, some different things, mm-hmm. uh, it that's what pushed me in a new direction, or yeah. wise You can still hear there are uh, points where I was not yet uh, doing elaboration throughout the whole piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first and second verses, the textures are more or less the same.
0: Mm-hmm. Which I know sometimes, and you, Tommy, this is good to have a bit of a through line between mm-hmm. verses or choruses and stuff, Um because sometimes it's really easy. I know. I think it was when we did. I can't remember what piece it was, but I wanted to just keep changing the texture like every two seconds. And right. it's like you need to keep the audience. You need to have something to hold them, have them hold on to, essentially.
1: Yeah. Looking back at this piece now, I'd really like to have the uh, the pre-chorus be that point. Mm-hmm. Um, because in, in pre-choruses serve well. Pre-choruses are wonderful. They're great. <laughs> it, Whoever invented them, yeah, you get a high five from us it's those are the points that uh signify to people the part that you're going to recognize is coming yeah (laughs) get ready (laughs) um and so looking back i would like to have done more uh in the Mm -hmm. second verse and i tried throwing in some some new harmonies Mm -hmm. uh with uh with the first tenor Mm -hmm. you can hear uh and also i think with uh one of the baritones um where i started to really go away from from the original was splicing in the uh the TLC song yeah. waterfalls yeah, yeah, yeah. uh in place of in place of the guitar solo bridge instead of making it thicker and and going for what the uh, original song did mm-hmm. i cut the texture completely and we just had that
2: do you know
1: Which I that's probably my favorite part. And then you heard again another soloist took the uh, the melody there. Yeah, because it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah, no, because when you if you're gonna have one soloist do the melody the whole time,
0: and there's a totally other melody, it further differentiates. Uh, the section if you're having a different soloist do it because it reinforces hey guys this is actually a different song because i wasn't sure i mean i was pretty sure the first time but i hadn't heard either piece before right so i was um for me as a first time listener it was like oh i'm pretty sure this is a different song besides just melodic materials it's a different person singing it and it's a different register further differentiating the sections and helping the transition overall keeping because transitions can be boring sometimes just kind of like Doo do la la la, but it was an energized one, and I liked it a lot. And then, obviously, takes off.
1: Yeah, and having that, uh, having that go into a, the key change into the yeah. final chorus. Yeah, that was a move that I was really happy with mm-hmm. in that song. In other songs, my key changes hadn't quite sounded good because at that point I had no you know theory training, mm-hmm. and so I learning how to the proper modulation. Yeah, I, I didn't know stuff. how to modulate. Um, so really, this one everything's direct cool. modulation. Yeah, <laughs> just hello. Yeah. This this I would say is an instance of direct modulation that worked. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. The do you know? I love that part. Yeah. So having that, I think, was a, a selling point. Yeah. In, in what made this arrangement work? Yeah, uh, I agree. It's my it's
0: that that whole transition. I think is fantastic because again, even if you have an exciting transition, if you just get back to the same thing, then mm-hmm. what was the point? But. You took something we had heard before because that's just how the song goes, and then you um, gave it a new twist, just key change, which right. great. And is there a key change in the original? I don't think in there's... the original there is no key change. Yeah. So uh, and great. so that
1: was that was another way that I was uh, starting to break away from yeah. just emulating what I heard and yeah, starting for sure starting adding and adapting. Yeah. And then the way that this piece concludes is very much the way that it began. Which yeah, and I, it's so satisfying yeah. <laughs>
0: to hear the to the. Do ba do ba do. Hearing that at the beginning and then hearing it again at the end in the new key, it just it's just—it just sounds
1: good. I don't know why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just having that, uh, having that recognizable texture come back. I really wanted to make sure that uh, going back to through lines, yeah. yeah. Making sure that when uh, the piece kind of has a bell curve, mm-hmm. um, a slightly lopsided bell curve. It's a gross-looking bell. You know, it's uh, think of it as like a flower that you've tipped on its side. Uh, anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. picture it. Yeah. Okay, cool. (laughs) Um, But it it begins as it ends, or rather, it ends as it begins. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of, that was my way of helping remind the audience that this has all been one piece, even though it's been a collection of pieces and a collection of ideas. Yeah. Uh, surrounding the piece.
0: Absolutely. I think that's I think that's great. So, we're going to take one last break here on Tacapella and when we get back, we're going to talk about Accent who have been featured here on the station before. We're really excited to listen to them again here on Tacapella. You're listening to Acaville, streaming acapella music 24 hours a day online at acaville.com. Acaville, where people know the hashtag symbol is for more than social media.
2: Saturday morning, jumped out of bed And put on my best suit Down your door good with heart, heart in, in my, my head, good head good to ask you a question. Because I know that you're an old fashioned man. You're an old fashioned man. G- Gina, have you got a mother? of my life. Say yes, say yes, yes, cause I need to know. You say I'll never get your blessing you till the day I die. I You'll look, my friend, but the answer, answer is, is no. no. That's why, so so that you know why you gotta be so rude? Don't you know I'm human
3: too?
2: That's Why you gotta be so rude? rude. But I'm gonna marry her anyway. That girl, marry ready anyway but, marry that girl No matter what you say Marry that girl We'll be a family but, Why you gotta be so Gotta be so rude oh. I hate to do this You leave no choice Can't live without her Love me or hate me, we will be boys (laughs) Standing at that altar, oh Oh, we will will run away To another galaxy, you know, you know she's in love with me that but she will go anywhere I go Can I have your daughter for the rest of my life? Say yes, say yes, yes cause I need to know You say I'll never get your best until the day I die to like oh, my friend, cause the answer's still no that But why you gotta be so rude? That don't you know I'm human too? Human too? Why you gotta gotta be so so rude? rude, I'm gonna marry her anyway Marry that girl Marry her anyway Marry that girl girl, No matter what you say Marry that girl We'll be a family Why why you gotta gotta be so Gotta be so rude? something that,
0: like scared me the first time i heard it i had uh-huh. forgotten that i actually heard that before that's well if there's any like one thing i could boil that down to it's don't be afraid to change the chords. because right. i think they might have changed maybe one or two mm-hmm.
1: yeah they changed more or less the entire song yeah that's, uh, that's
0: let's <laughs> go
1: and that's that's one of the things that i love about jazz vocal jazz and yeah and jazz influences in mm-hmm. in popular music and a cappella arrangements of popular music not only do they change the uh, chords they change the entire feel of the song yeah uh, the entire song is you feel that that macro beat that yeah. that huge you know uh, having that uh, be the the rhythmic center of the song yeah whereas in the original it's more of a steady drive
0: Woke up the da 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 da
1: Ba-da-ba-ba. It's just kind of yeah. humming along, and it's very, very different. Um, yeah, man. this one it grooves a lot harder, you know. And yeah, it's that's one of my favorite things uh, about jazz. And mm-hmm. you'll come to recognize that jazz is uh, a big, <laughs> uh, a big part of my own musical yeah. taste now. Um, the thing about jazz uh, is that it can be simultaneously easygoing and harsh. Yeah, it's it's citric in nature. Yeah.
0: Um, Ooh, that's, a, that's a very good adjective, Citric. <laughs> God, I mean, had someone just played the notes of this and not... I heard the words, I would have been like, "What? what is this? Like, Maybe, I would have probably heard like pieces of the melody, but I wouldn't... It's, I mean, it's a completely, it's almost a completely different song. It's, it's, it's really its own beast now. Yeah, it's the point, there's a certain point where you cross the line from adaptation to just like composition, which right. is kind of like, I mean, that's also something... Uh, if, if you listeners out there haven't heard episode two with Daniel Wolford, this episode has a lot of parallels because that's something we also talked about in regards to when you're just arranging how much, when are you composing at a certain point and this piece is like, they, they could have had like these chords and everything almost composed already and then just put root into it almost, I feel. <laughs> almost, not quite, but.
1: Well, there's a... a- clear distinction uh, when you're looking up the the legal definitions of arranging because if you want to sell arrangements and Uh stuff then you need to know what kind of arrangement it is. Uh, There are adaptive arrangements which are the kind that we examined previously. um, With Roman Candle. Yeah, with Roman Candle. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then there are interpretive arrangements which take the the concepts of the song but change them, put them in entirely new contexts. Okay. Um, It's when you take melodic concepts uh, mm-hmm. from the song, uh, with this they had the melody stay more or less the same yeah. throughout the entire song, but the texture in which it was placed was rhythmically, Har- harmonically, uh, yeah, rhythmically and harmonically just entirely different. Yeah, and you can hear uh, even even though this is what I would consider an interpretive arrangement rather than an adaptive one, mm-hmm. uh, there are still some of the same arrangement techniques. Yeah, uh, just with. Uh, thicker harmonies. This, instead of four voices, is six voices. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can hear there are still elements where you have an instrumental texture, Mm -hmm. uh, but then for certain phrases, like phrases like all the way to you in in the first verse, where the texture breaks so that the middle voices can yeah sing the same uh words homophonically uh-huh. but with their own yeah uh, chordal texture oh that's so cool
0: man i i would hate for someone to try and dictate this <laughs> actually that's a challenge someone do it and give it to me <laughs>
1: <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um and actually accent released a video it's on their facebook page of oh, okay. uh ways to adapt existing four-part harmony into <gasps> six-part jazz what um so, it's on their Facebook page? Yeah, it's on their Facebook I'm, page. All right, I'm um, going to go like them on Facebook. <laughs> you, everyone listening should, too. <laughs> um, and so that jazzy style yeah. of, of arranging I find so interesting. And yeah, you hear it in all of their songs mm-hmm. uh, and in other groups like Take Six mm-hmm. and to a lesser extent with other vocal jazz groups mm-hmm. that include instruments like uh, yeah. New York Voices, Manhattan Transfer. Yeah. Um, and
0: Accent is... Uh, I think you mentioned they don't live in the same—they're not—they don't live in the same area.
1: No, they're an international group. Uh, in, in fact, what they do is each of them has their part, which they sing uh, separately, and then they send those recordings to a central location where they're synthesized and mixed, so that they can have those recordings put out. They've done a couple of performances where they've all come together, but cute the large body of their work they've done from their home countries. That says a lot about the world of a cappella now, and that we can do that. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's crazy! That's it's, so freaking cool! Uh, it's absolutely one of the one of the selling points I think of the group is that their their message as a group, yeah, is one that everyone can relate to is that music brings us together. I agree with that
0: that's pretty cute I love that (laughs) no that's fantastic All right, well Duncan thank you so much for coming on I hope to have you 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 on again very soon so just to recap the three pieces we discussed today were Light a Roman Candle with me originally by Fun performed here by Crossman from St. Olaf and then after that it was When the Water Falls originally by Collective Soul and that was performed by Cloud9 uh, Duncan was a soloist on both of those pieces, just different groups. And then after that, we heard Rude by uh, Accent. And then uh, we're going to
1: play this episode out with a favorite tune of Duncan's. Duncan, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Uh, yeah, this is Butterfly by the Finnish group Riotone. Um This was the first piece that I adapted for mm-hmm. Crossman to perform. Yeah. Uh, and the arrangement I did was heavily based on, mm-hmm. based, yeah, entirely based <laughs> off of reducing the uh the parts that were in this yeah. original recording. Duncan, if uh let's
0: just want to get hold of you or Crossman, even though I know you guys aren't currently performing, um I know your
1: pages are still active, how could they do that? Um well we have a YouTube page where our videos are posted mm-hmm. and we have a lot of communication through there. We also have a Twitter page and a Facebook page. What's have- your uh Twitter handle? Our Twitter handle is at Crossman A C. Boom. There you go. Uh and that's spelled with a K. Yeah. K R O S S. Um, it's that's something unique to Saint Olaf College. Yeah, it's yeah. part of their college hymn. Mm-hmm. But that's at Crossman AC and our Facebook page. Uh, we at one point regularly updated, but that's a good <laughs> way to get in touch with us. Mm-hmm. We also have our uh, email account, which is listed uh, in our YouTube videos mm-hmm. and I think also on our Facebook and Twitter pages. It's CrossmanAcapella at gmail dot com.
0: Very cool. And then if you want to get hold of me, I'm at John Lampus, or you can message the station at Occaville Radio. And this has been another fun episode of Tacapella. I'm your host John Lampus. And our guest today was Duncan Toomey. And again, little Tacapella stuff. If you want to be a guest on Tacapella, if you have ideas for topics, if you have ideas for topics and want to be a guest and come talk about them, please get in contact with us because we would love to have you on. Again, this has been Tacapella with your host John Lampus and my good friend Duncan Toomey, who Will hopefully be coming on the show again very soon thanks for listening and for everything acapella you're already in the right place acaville
2: Yeah.
3: my life.